to be honest, uh, it's one of those things about how my uh, I'm working on that non-acoustic thing, so then I was like, Drowned in the snowdrops beneath them, light starts to glow. Needlessly freezing and endlessly eating your world. And so I'll as quickly as it returns. Drowning in the snow 
seen the podcast, then you'll know that that's exactly what I do on a weekly basis, is just make things up as I go along. And that's an important fact to remember when you read my book. So, yeah, please, please don't pay attention to that. Um, how are we all doing? We good? Yeah? I mean, you're the most under-enthused crowd possible. <laughs> could, you, could you show a little bit of emotion? I know I'm not the person to tell you to show emotion. Considering my face looked blank most of the time, but you know, this should be the way to go for it. But no, I do sincerely thank you all for coming. Um, Potatropy's been in work for about three years now, something like that. I originally came up with a concept uh, in Null Point, which is in Zine, which a few of you got dotted around. There's some more copies there. Um, and I started drawing it as a little bit of a joke, and it slowly developed into something which I could relate to more and more. So I decided, why not put it into a book? That seems like a good idea, right? That's what you do. You take an idea, don't you, Sean? Sean knows. You take an idea and you modify it, right? Yeah. There's going to be a lot of like side audience participation. You have no choice in this. <laughs> oh, damn, don't be scared. You're okay. I'm always scared. You're always scared, okay. That's a good way to do it. <laughs> you may notice that I will look at the floor and ceiling and wander around a little bit too much, and that's because I'm extremely comfortable, uncomfortable in front of a crowd. So why would I put myself in front of a crowd? Anybody? Masochism. That's it, that's the one. Masochism. Yeah. <laughs> but if there's anyone who's seen my work or read my work, I like to think that there is an ongoing theme within my work. Exactly. Underlying depression. <laughs> yes, underlying depression and self-hurt. Uh, those are a thing. No, I mean, like, I've tried to describe it before, and I really I can't, because a few people have said my work's kind of nihilistic. Um, a good friend of mine said my work's the kind of work which makes you want to kill yourself. And I took that as a huge compliment. Um, and it was kind of one of those situations where I was thinking, that race just gone on. Um, thinking that maybe you know I should actually delve into why I make work and why I create work and why I'd spend three years writing a book about a fucking potato. <laughs> Bear with me. We're going to get through this. Trust me. I'm talking to myself, not you guys. Trust me. So, I wrote potato pee. If you read potato pee, you'll notice that there is no real story to it. It's just clearly uh, the origin of a character named Potato Boy. And people seem to enjoy Potato Boy. I don't know why they enjoy Potato Boy. Does anyone know why they enjoy Potato Boy? 
Nobody. <laughs> Why are you here? What are we doing? Graham said to himself, looking at the floor, wishing he could fall into a hole right now. That's why people like potato games. Well, because he wants to fall into a hole right now. He was born in a hole. Exactly. That's the whole point about it. No. So, initially, as I say, it was a joke. You know, who writes a comic about potato? Um, well, I do. That's the kind of thing. And I realized that there's so many more layers to it than I initially noticed. Because initially it was just, it was, it was visual, completely visual. The first potato bar I wrote was about him and his kind of rooty arms going wherever he wants and being able to see whatever he wants because he's a potato and has hundreds of eyes, some of which don't have pupils, and that's intentional, don't question that. And then I realized that the life cycle of a potato is actually a good amalgam of the life cycle of humanity. Dropping some deep bombs right there. Look at you, silence has overtaken all of you in awe of what you could do with a potato. Don't do bad things with a potato. Do you know there was a news article recently about not putting potatoes up your ass? That's legit. Didn't, didn't hear that one. No, you know who is? Brett told me about it. I'm slightly worried. I don't know what they're trying to sell. Brett, do you know what they're trying to sell? Just frozen chips. Don't put frozen chips up your ass. That's advice. Life advice. Don't put frozen chips up your ass. Where was that? I was going to do this, uh, this drinking game where uh, I got you to drink every time I got off topic or insulted myself, but I also wanted you to live through this performance and not kill my own fan base. So, yeah. We'll see. Um, but back to the potatoes. So I was thinking about potato life cycle. And potatoes, if you don't know, are alive when they are pulled from the ground which means if you're a vegetarian, then you're killing potatoes each time you eat. They don't die. They just keep going until they rot. They're completely alive all throughout the entire process. There's no stopping to it. You don't take it out and then it starts to die. It's dead once it's rotten, in the same way a corpse is. Think about that next time you're in chips. <laughs> I do. Yeah. <laughs> Dan knows. He's a, he's a fan. There we go. Um, you know, they're born underwater, underground, underwater, wow. Completely off topic, underwater potatoes. Um, but they're born underground, and they spend so long living in their captivity of the ground to then be pulled from the ground. And what happens to them outside the ground isn't essentially their choice, which I could heavily relate to, you know. I think most people can relate to. You go through the initial stages of your life, you spend a lot of it in captivity, as I put it, um, and then you kind of get dragged out of the ground and then told what to do for however many years and then you slowly figure out what you actually want to do, where you want to be and where you're going to go. And some people slash potatoes figure that out. Some go on and do whatever they want to do. Others get turned into chips because people want to make them into chips. Get turned into, you know, baked potatoes. All of them eventually reach an endpoint. Whether it's their choice or not is, is an entirely different matter. Does that make much sense? I'm seeing a lot of blank faces. I don't know. I've never resonated with a potato more. You never resonated with a potato more? more. And more? This, is, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> Most I've ever wanted to be a potato. <laughs> I've been thinking about potatoes for like three years. <laughs> My mind right now is not flesh. It's just starchy. I mean, they're complex carbohydrates. They've got many layers, so... Hmm. And nobody laughed at my pun. Fuck oh, you. I, know. <laughs> I don't know. 
The reason I kind of thought I'd record a podcast with you guys, so when I do a solo podcast in my house, I sit in my room and I don't get any response from myself, because why would I answer myself? And I realized that I could do that with an audience and actually get some physical response from you, which you're providing in small micro doses. But you said physical. I mean, yeah, do we, do we please don't touch me. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking to be touched on. <laughs> but I have a habit of getting off topic. And as I, any guest who has been on the podcast will know, my main goal when I bring you on is just to make you comfortable. Because I hate being uncomfortable, he says, sweating buckets. <laughs> and I figured, I wonder if I can make an audience comfortable. If I can make a whole crowd comfortable with just being and sat and talk to you. I, I want to achieve that. I want to achieve that with you guys. I don't want you to come out of this thinking, you know, that was profound, that was great. No, that's not my intention. I don't want you to buy it. Well, I do want you to buy it. That's a lie. Don't tell Don't listen to this guy. <laughs> the guy with the mic is an idiot, so don't worry about it. But, you know, I want you to come away with it just feeling like you enjoyed the, the experience of 20, 30 minutes. And, you know, you maybe think second about when you next time you eat a potato. And then still eat it, as Potato Boy says. As long as other potatoes are getting even, he's fine. You know, it's all about survival. And the survival of the fittest. But as you come up to an event such as this, which is about my work. I don't know my point, Jesus, bro. Bro, what do you think of my work? You sure? Why? I know you like potato boy. You're the kind, see, this is the kind of thing. I've had friends and I've had family come to me. Well, not really family, because they don't really know my work. Um, what? He knows it, he doesn't like it. <laughs> I don't expect family to like the work you make. As artists, I don't think anyone should expect family to like the work you make, because most of us make artwork about the things we had trauma with in our childhoods. Hey. Nobody looks at their art and goes, oh, my mum really likes it. That's a great piece of art. No, your mum should look at your artwork and go, this is awful. I don't understand it. Where are you getting these ideas? And then you look at them and you go, you made me do this. That's, that's my mum doesn't understand potato at all. And that's a good thing. She's not meant to understand potato If she related to potato boy, it would put a whole different spin on my 30 years of life because I'd sit there going, oh shit, you're basically just the same as me. <laughs> and that would explain me so much better. But I can't explain me. But I thought I'd try and explain why I make work. As I said, I'm getting back to the point already. Look at that. I've done that well. It's been 10 minutes and I've already run this and spoiled this around. I think it's been 10 minutes. I don't know. I've got a heart rate bar on just to make sure I don't pass out. How great would it be if I just passed out? <laughs> performance piece. It'd be the best piece. You would remember this night forever. <laughs> Every February 29th, you'd be like, what did you do? I just pushed Graham past out. <laughs> Have you seen someone die on stage? You can. <laughs> Please don't record me. <laughs> Some of you may be thinking, if he's nervous, why is he drinking coffee? Coffee's extremely soothing. It's like, gets my heart rate back to regular. <laughs> I don't really think my heart rate really spikes. That's, that's just a, a lie doctors tell you. I heard a couple of tears there. <laughs> that landed. Um, back to what I was saying. So I was creating work. And I was trying to figure out why I actually wanted to make Potatropy as a book. Because you can make webcomics all you want. They're slice of life. 
the little things which you kind of write to yourself and you go, oh, hey, this is funny. I'm going to show it to someone else. That relate to it. And, I'll, you know, you do it on multiple topics and you figure that out as you go along. And I was like, right, so why would I put that into a book? Why would I try and condense a story into any kind of format, especially with potato because potato is so abstract, it's not really anything. There has never been a story to potato It's not like the Hulk or fucking Batman. He's not coming for you in the night. <laughs> he might be coming for you in the night. <laughs> I can't control that part of potato But I was like, why do I want to make it? Why would I want to make something about this? And then it kind of led me to think about the rest of my artwork. And a lot of my artwork, whether you notice it or not, is just about, it's less about me and more about other people, which sounds extremely harsh, and maybe should sound extremely harsh, because people are terrible. <laughs> Love this audience, right? <laughs> no, so, it's kind of, it's wanting to people to feel comfortable again. It's wanting to people to kind of get on board with things and, and get involved with things. And it frustrates me so much when you see people who have potential, who have talent, who have the ability to do things and then never really get around to doing them. And I'm a person who doesn't really need any more motivation because I just kind of do things. I don't really know why I do these things. So in a way, potatropy is kind of me explaining me, kind of me explaining why someone would do this. But at the same time, it's an encouragement for everyone else. It's stepping out and saying, look, these are a series of things which happen within your life, which happen with everyone's life. So when you get to the end and you feel a little empty that you maybe haven't achieved that, you probably shouldn't feel as bad as you do because everyone's going through that. Those are the natural cycles of life. And just talking about being comfortable with being average, if that makes sense. I don't know, I'm seeing some nods. Maybe it doesn't. I'll go further into it. We'll go on this ride a little further. I don't know why I'm wrapping this around my arm, by the way. <laughs> Just tethering myself to the amp in the hopes that it'll come with me if I keep walking. I had a real thought of that I could do this outside. And then I won't have to look at any of you. I could just stand outside and talk to the homeless people who scare me. They need potatoes in their lives. That's, that's why they're homeless. Let me check my notes. These are all blank. This is going well. <laughs> so the title. The title, I feel, is really obvious. Has anyone not figured out the title? I don't want to make you feel dumb, but it's really fucking obvious. <laughs> Excuse me? Biography, no. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go a little bit wanky with it. See, this is what I do on my work. No wanking to my work. I did not wank into any books <laughs> on sale here today. I did do a whole podcast about being productively productive masturbation, and that was a whole thing. That is my, one of my most viewed solo podcasts, which says terrible things about the people on YouTube. <laughs> I digress. But it's potato and it's entropy. And I think when people create work, oh, that's, that's all we're really doing. We're not doing anything special, or I don't think I'm doing anything special, because in my view, we are all potatoes. We are wonderfully unique, and we have all these things which make us what we are, but we're all still exactly the same, regardless of whether we want to think we're not. And I think the idea that we kind of get into our heads is that we need to apply something unique to ourselves in order to lift ourselves up, and I absolutely hate that idea. 
I hate the idea of being above other people, he says with the microphone in front of a crowd. <laughs> saying, shut up, listen to me. No, I hate that idea. And I, I kind of wanted to put everything back down to baseline, put everything back down to where it should be if everyone just, yeah, we're all fucking potatoes. There's weird potatoes and there's nice potatoes, but then that's weird as well, because there's no such fucking word as weird. People ask me how I can just keep talking. Considering you've all had conversations with me, most of you have had conversations with me, I don't talk this much in real life. Which means this is fake. Right? <laughs> You're basically just getting stream of consciousness right now. And that's how I do it. That's it. You don't even need to say words. You just latch on to the last, like, sodden superhero-esque word at the end of it and go, oh, that's what he was talking about. And then you lead on from about. And you go into how Canada says about wrong. <laughs> and then you just talk about Canada for half an hour. It's really easy. Anyone can do this, is what I'm saying. This is nothing special. Anyone can do this. I don't know where I was. <laughs> I got lost 20 minutes ago. Entropy, thank you. Thank you. Who shouted that? Zoe, thank you. Anyway, as I was saying. This is a beautiful night. This is what it's like being inside my head, by the way. It's not coherent in any way, shape, or form. I seem very coherent. As I say, if you had a conversation with me, there is a lot of coherency to what I say. But then when you actually give me the opportunity to just say whatever the fuck I want, this is what you get. This is your own fault. I'm not even sad if you're bored. Like, this is how we get into these situations. It's just saying whatever the hell we want. So you wrote a book, you did a book launch just to prove a point. Yeah, I'm always proving a point. Okay, cool. Everything I do is proving a point. Did you do it just to ramble in front of a crowd? No, I can do that anyway. Okay. You don't have to have a microphone to do that. That's true. You could go to a random square and just ramble. People do that all the time. That's very nice. <laughs> you, you don't need to have a purpose to ramble. <laughs> we're English, that's what we do. <laughs> I, say, I say with 20 words, what could be said in two? You'll get to the end of this and think I could probably just sum this up in one sentence. And it's true. I probably could have summed this up in one sentence, but I've not. I decided to take you on the journey. Come on the journey with me. See how we got into this. Back to entropy. See, I, this, is, this is how we do it. We roll it, roll it. I may not have even been talking about entropy. I've lost it, Heather. It's gone. Uh, I think it was entropy, yeah. Let's go with that. That's the last thing I could... I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. <laughs> <sighs> this is the other problem. There's people in the crowd who have had this conversation with me over and over again. Some of you have known me for literally, you know, a decade, as Janine has known me for a decade or so. And know that this is what it's actually like to have a conversation with me. When I'm not pulling on airs, when I'm not thinking about what to say and make things perfect and construct everything so you get an actual ideal view of me, you know, this is what it's actually like to have a conversation with me. Because the way I describe it, if how I have an idea is okay, so I'm going to need you all to close your eyes. Because I want you to visualize James, close your fucking eyes. <laughs> Chloe, Steph. Anyway, close your eyes. Okay, so I want you to picture yourself in a bit of a vacuum. And you're in this vacuum completely alone. And in front of you is a small rock pool. And that rock pool has cloudy water. And it's the kind of water which you get into it when you drop, you know, flour into water. And it's just, you can't see anything below the surface. And every so often, something floats to the top. That is exactly how my brain works. <laughs> You can open your eyes again. <laughs> right? 
There's no running monologue. This monologue isn't actually happening. I'm just trying to vocalize what's happening in the fucking rock pool. That's how my brain works. And if I try and force anything, that's essentially just me thrashing around in the pond, trying to figure something out, digging out for something which isn't actually there. But that's happening all the time, and that's constant. And I think that's natural. Yeah. You're nodding, like, like that's it. the way things go. But I don't know if that's true. I don't know if other people have ideas like that. I don't know if that's how you form thought. That's just how I form thought. It's like that scene from Ratatouille where he's imagining pictures. But I don't have synesthesia, so I can't do anything. I'm not, yeah, I'm not a rat who can cook. I can cook, though. <laughs> Why is that so funny? <laughs> There's so much shock that I can cook. I wrote a book about potatoes. Of course I can cook. There's no recipes about potatoes. God, I missed a trick there. Is there okay. a potato controlling you? Is this what potato controlling me. Maybe. That could be. It could explain everything. <laughs> but I use it as a vehicle. I use it as a vehicle for my ideas and use it as a vehicle to get my thoughts out into the world and kind of try and teach lessons in the same way of how if I do an illustration about anything, I'm just trying to give you a message. I'm not trying to force anything on you. All I really want to do is generate discussion. And I guarantee by the time you go home, you'll fucking discuss this. Because you'll be like, what the hell was that? What did I give half an hour of my life to? Why does this prick think he can pick up a microphone and tell me how art works? I can't. Well, you've let me. No one's tackled me yet. Please don't tackle me. Please don't take me down. This is why I can't go on the radio. Well, that, and I'm too big, and radios are tiny and crushing. <laughs> really? <laughs> Whole monologue, and that was the one which got you. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a build-up. It's, it's a build-up. You've got to keep hitting it. Got to hit for that like singular pun. pun, pun emotion. I don't know. But if I delve into the book momentarily... As I say, the back cover kind of says it all. Potato Boy isn't anything special. Much like I'm not anything special. None of you are anything special. You're all potatoes. And that's not a bad thing. That's what I'm saying. You know, I'm not trying to fit you into boxes or build houses with you. You know, it's not brick in the wall notion. It's just the fact that we are all the same. We're all built from the same thing. There's just variation between that in the same way there's variation in potato breeds. In the same way, you can't decide what happens to you in the early stages of your life. You just kind of step out and all of a sudden, you know, you're there. You're doing whatever you do. You go into the potato system, as you will discover if you roll into this book. The stories which interested me, kind of, as I grew up and still continue to interest me, are not stories of people who go to university, study exactly what they want to study, go into a job which is based on what they studied. Those stories are boring because people have already decided where they're going to end up People have already decided how they're going to end their lives in terms of an expression, not physically. I mean, they might have. You know, I'm not to say. This does happen. The stories which interest me are the ones of the people who struggle along the way. They're the ones of the people who had to overcome something to get to where they are. Those are the interesting ones. Nobody makes a Lifetime movie about someone who did everything right. Nobody makes a Lifetime movie about someone who had no obstacles along the way they make it about the ones who fucked up 20 times and then managed to do something because that something at the end becomes way more significant like if you find a potato in the street and you make it into something please don't pick up potatoes on the street I don't know where they're going. 
Potatoes are poisonous. Did anyone know that? <laughs> like, that's an actual thing. Potatoes are poisonous. Which, again, you know, relates to humanity. Because if you eat people, you die. I thought you meant because people are poisonous. Oh, people are poisonous too, but if you eat people, you die. I'm just saying, some people are a bit more poisonous than other people. I was making a really nice point and I interrupted it there, didn't I? <laughs> All I'm saying is, those are the stories which interested me, so that's what I put into this book. Potato Boy, as I say, is a standard potato. He goes through the system with no real challenge. He goes through life with no real challenge and comes out the end of it and he's left wanting. He's left wondering, what the hell do I do with my life from this point on? And that's what you get if you go through things without struggle. That's what you get when things work out completely. You get a lack of feeling like you should be there at the end because you're like, well, where the hell was my story? And I don't really have a story. I wrote Potato Boy and Potato B to give people that baseline and say it's okay when you get to the end and you don't know what you're doing. It's okay when things don't work out. It's okay just to be a potato, to just sit and figure out what you want to do afterwards. And I hope that comes through in Potato Boy. I'm going to take a brief break and get something to drink because I've lost about three pounds of water. So. <laughs> Zach? Yeah. It is your turn. If you would give it up for Zach Jones. Well, that was incredibly profound at the end, Graham. I really like that. How's everyone, how's everyone enjoying Graham talking? Yeah? Let's more noise than that. Come on. Me, please, please. I don't really enjoy artists just bullshitting. It's the best thing. It's my favourite thing. I mean, I'm sure there's real reason behind all this, but it's still my favourite thing to write something and say, yeah, there's a real reason behind that and come up with the idea afterwards. Speaking of coming up with ideas, um, this, this is like a new one that I've been working on, so I hope you're okay with me trying that out. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Night in the city The walls are up The proud To pray On the lonely They're all strong like the hunger is unsatisfied when they come across you you'll be in their sights they call like animals when you walk in the room they all call like animals They were so hungry Had to bend their teeth To fight off their rivals So that they can face They call like animals When you walk in the room Yeah, yeah, yeah.
Feel so empty, and I need to make it home. I have lost each and every piece of my broken soul.
you guys have contributed to me and I really appreciate that but at the same time I can't steal any more of your time as I said at the beginning my whole view of creating work is to encourage other people to be comfortable with themselves and to do whatever they want to do whether that's good or bad for society isn't really my premise um, or remit to say but the way I create art and the reason I create art is to deal with the things which I can't control within my own mind. Everyone has those fires which kind of break out in the back of your head, take over your entire mind and they pester you and fill your head with smoke so you can't think clearly and you become suffocating under your own ideas. And the reason you need to create art and do things is to get that out of your head. I say, stories which interest me are the ones which come from struggle, come from people who are experiencing these fires, these fires which you can't control. And I think it's important to let them breathe out of your mouth, uh, wherever you want to let go. 
And I don't think anyone's ever had to convince me of how nice fire smells. So, don't smoke it. Exactly. So I think everyone should do it. Thank you for listening to me. I realize it's been a journey. Thank you for coming. Thank you for purchasing my book. And I will talk to you guys later. Bye.